This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Louise and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guests to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Um, Alcoholic preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve the common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. And this is what makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who's just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. And we're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Zane. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Zane. Welcome to the show. Um, mm. Let's get to know a little bit more about you. Um, do you want to tell us how old you are? 
Uh, yeah, uh, good question. Uh, 43. Yeah. <laughs> when we have to start <laughs> saying the 40s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand. And um, how long have you been sober? Uh, I've been sober about 20 months on the 12th. Wonderful. That's that's, yeah. that's coming up to a great milestone. And um, do you do you currently work? Uh, no, no, I'm a stay-at-home dad. Oh, yeah. lovely. And so you've got children then? Yeah, I've got three children. Yep, excellent. And um, let's talk a bit about your childhood. What was it like growing up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I sort of I come from a, a sort of a big extended family, I guess you right. could say, yeah. Um, my mum had six kids and I wow. had a um, stepbrother and a stepsister as well and yeah. Lots um, of people around. Yeah, lots of people around. Yep. Um, I, was, I guess I was always kind of... Uh, Did you have, um, so you had brothers and sisters, were you close to them in age? I guess so, yeah, I was the second oldest. Um, right. Yeah, brother was about 20 months older than me. Yep. And, and do you still yeah. have relationships with them today? Uh, yes, uh, I have, yeah, more. Yeah, I have good relationships with them now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a bit about your drinking and, and how that started. How old were you when you had your first drink? Oh, well, yeah, well, when I had my first drink, I guess I was I was young, um, but it was kind of a... Because uh, yeah, my parents split up when I was seven, so... Right. And... Um, my dad lived in the North Island in Hamilton, and my mum lived wherever, wherever we lived. We moved around a lot, sure. but, you know. Yep. But um, we um, pretty much on the west coast of the South Island, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. a little town called Ross here. Yeah, and mm. um, yeah, I moved up north with dad because it was all the crowding. You know, it's quite mm-hmm. crowded having all my brothers and sisters, and he had no kids. So yeah, you know, I thought it'd be good. You know, have my own room and all that kind of thing. Mm. And Dad was making home brew, and we oh. used to help him make his home brew. And yeah, I was about ten years old, yeah, nine, ten years old. I was, used to help him drink it as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, That's brilliant. Yeah, well, that probably only lasted about a month, and then <laughs> I just, yeah, I just didn't like, you know, Dad drunk, you know, yeah, a bit, bit out of control and mm. blackout and not know what he's done, and you know, yeah. So I, um, yeah, I, I went back. Went back to the coast, yeah. Right, wow. So I so didn't drink again then until I was about 17. Wow. When I probably really started my drinking career, yeah. So a big gap, and I guess mm. um, as quite a young child, pre-adolescence, you had that experience with alcoholism. Yeah. 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 Okay, so when you were 17, let's talk about that. What happened? Yeah, well, I moved out of home. I mean, I didn't really grow up in an alcohol home, alcoholic home. Mm-hmm. Well, not, maybe not alcohol around really you know my mum seldom drunk maybe once a year or something like that you know and um yeah I moved out of home and I thought yeah now I can do things you know Mm -hmm. drink and stuff and yeah so that sort of started off um first night back in those days that was in the sort of the sort of the end of the 90s Mm -hmm. 98 something like that Mm -hmm. Um, the drinking age was 20, mm. but um, 
Yeah, I had a flatmate who was 20, so it was cool. He could go to the bottle Excellent. store for me, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but the first night I drank, I don't, can't even remember how many I had, probably about six or eight or something, and spewed up in my bed, <laughs> pissed the bed, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff, and, yeah. But I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. and, and I guess, yeah, how did it make you feel? I mean, obviously the... You know, the after um, consequence or the consequences that come once we are drunk. But how did it make you feel? Yeah, it, it kind of made me feel good, I guess. It gave me a bit of confidence and yeah. stuff because I, I kind of let that throughout life. I was always mm. kind of a shy, kind of, yeah, couldn't couldn't really talk to anyone or, you know, things like that. Well, I could, but it's, yeah, it was awkward. And yeah. Still am a bit awkward, but, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And um, so even after that experience, did your drinking carry on much the same? Yeah, I guess um, it sort of, um, yeah, my drinking, um, I just always sort of went to drink the blackout. I just wanted to get pissed and out of it because I just thought that was cool. I thought that's what we did. I thought that's what everyone did. Yep. There's a lot of, yeah. Like my older brother and stuff, because he used to drink. But um, yeah, so then I just sort of, I guess I sort of want to look up to him, you know, <laughs> bit of a, you know, mm, mm. You know, be cool and drink and everything, yeah. And so, were there any consequences, um, you know, as a result of your drinking? And did you ever try and stop? Um. Yeah, I guess. It, are you talking about back then or sort of just through the whole thing? Yeah, um, so then. I guess back when you were drinking, yeah. did you ever lose any jobs? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think I did lose jobs or maybe I just quit before I lost them. Yeah. But yeah, I could kind of see that happening. Um, but I guess when I was about 20, I moved over here to live with my, um, live with some with some uh, relatives and, I got got a job and I had I had a few jobs on the go actually and but I was also receiving the benefits so mm. you know so I didn't, didn't really care about work if I didn't work or not I'd still mm. have some money to mm. to drink and stuff and um, I had my relatives there as well who were drinkers so I could always you know mm-hmm. drink there <laughs> so, you know um, and um, yeah but I kind of hit a rock bottom I ended up yeah in a situation I was flatting with. Um, one of my cousins mm-hmm. and um, yeah I guess things didn't work out there and she ended up sort of leaving the flat and she was on the tenancy so I had to leave as well and I had nowhere mm. to go yeah. mm. so what did you do yeah so yeah so the first night I sort of slept in the garage because it was still open but there was all this rubbish and everything there and well, it was horrible yeah so I just, yeah, sort of cried and, and went back home, back to mum's. Back to the West Coast. To the yep. coast, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, um, so I guess were there any um, other, mm-hmm. you know, so while, while we're sort of talking about the consequences, did you ever get in trouble with the law? Actually, I was pretty pretty lucky. I never really got in trouble with the law with, mm. with the drinking and that too long. I mean... Yeah, I, I did pick up the other habits as well, like the the, the marijuana and things mm-hmm. like that, which was sort of happening around seventeen. Yeah, and I would sort of switch and change sometimes. I'd mm. be doing that, 
But as a sort of a consequence to that, I mean, the trouble I got in the law was pretty much just traffic things because sure. <laughs> driving around not registered, not warranted, yep. <laughs> no, no, no full licensed driver and that. Yep. And I managed to get myself like $16,000 worth of vines just ticked up. As I cops would pull me up, I'd just give them a, a ticket and say, here you go. You know, yep. These are my details. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I guess that's, yeah. you, know, um, uh-huh. you know, some of the aspects of our disease, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, yeah, the whatever. And, yeah. <laughs> the unmanageability. And yeah. so you went back to your mum's. And so what was it that brought you into, you, you know, you were sort of touching on a rock bottom. What was it that brought you to your first AA meeting? Um. I think I actually may have gone to an AA meeting then when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I don't really remember much of it. And I was kind of just, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, fast forward, I don't know, 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I was in a, um, in a car accident. I got into a car with a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were going up the port hills. Mm. And it was a wet night, and yeah, we ended up going off the cliff like seventy meters. Oh like, my gosh! I was like, "Oh, please, God, help!" You know, sort of a yeah, desperate prayer. I just shut my eyes, and miraculously, we both walked away. Just a few bruises from the seat belts and scratches, and what yeah. an experience! Yeah, and then yeah, when I was in the hospital, don't know how, but I managed to ring the the O eight hundred A works number. Wow. I yeah, I don't know if I saw it on the wall or what happened, but yeah. <laughs> it was sort of a high power moment. And and so yeah. talk to me about what happened at that point. Yeah. And then at that point, because I was studying um I was studying uh, mechanics, I was in a mechanics course and I told my friends at, at my course and that, well we can have drinks at mine when we finish and all this sort of thing. And we had about two or three weeks to go, so I wanted to, to hold that commitment, so <laughs> that's when I tried um, control drinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, when I called the AA number, um, the guy, I, I I just kept making up all these excuses. I couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't meet up. Oh, I've got the kids. I've got calls. Mm. I've got, you know, I'm too busy. Um, but, yeah, but I kept his number on my phone. And then I think it was about... Oh, almost two years later, mm. I um, I was uh, in a relationship with the lady, and she told me I had a drinking problem. And then I kind of remember that's right, and I've got that guy's number. Okay, I'm going to give him a ring tomorrow. Um, but I forget. Mm. And yeah, she'd tell me I'd have a drinking problem, but then she'd buy lots of alcohol. <laughs> and, <did laughs> and she'd you, tell me to drink it. So, yeah. And when she would so say that to you, would you feel like she was right? Yeah, I actually did that time. Um, my mum had been telling me that all my life, you know, in yep. my 20s, you've got a drinking problem, you need to get help. Yep. And I just resent her. Yep. I'd walk out, get drunk. Move and, out, yeah. And, and so yeah. let's talk about your meet, your first meeting. And, and I guess, I was, it's mm-hmm. yeah, what's kept you sober now almost 20 months, you know, coming up to two years, mm. you know, tell us about that that experience, how you, you, you know, what how, what brought you into that and how you've managed yeah. to stay sober. Yeah, yeah I came, I came, I sort of came and get sober, you know, for her, but then sort of like two weeks later, we split, we tied, you, you know. Mm. And then I kind of figured, well, I've done like two weeks. Uh, 
Might as well keep on going. Wow. So I sort of pushed myself. Um, yeah, then, um, yeah, I went to the meeting, kept on going. to. The, I only went to the one meeting. Mm-hmm. It was the Monday night primary purpose one. Um, and I just went to that every Monday. My mum would watch the kids for me, so yep. that was all organised. And, um, yeah, and then after going there a few weeks, one of the old-timers goes, oh, you've been coming a few weeks now. I think you should look for a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> and at the start of the meeting, they say, you know, raise your hand if you've, you know. Mm-hmm. I just looked around and, um, yeah, I found a sponsor. Um Got got into the steps straight away. Right. Sort of got them done in sort of six months. Wow. And I was like, "Yay, I've done the steps. <laughs> hey, I'm 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 good." And uh, then my dad died. Right. And how did you cope through that time? At least you cope pretty good. Yeah. And did you manage to get through that period without picking up a drink? Almost, yeah. Almost, yeah. Yeah, because it was kind of like um, tangy style, so mm-hmm. Dad was brought back. So someone, someone had to always be with him, you know, couldn't be left alone. Mm. And uh, I spent a lot of time there. <sighs> yeah, and these are the life-on-life's mm-hmm. life terms, yeah. yeah. What everybody else is drinking and partying and, yeah. yeah. And, um... You know, there was a few times and they'd put shots along on, on the coffee table in front of the coffin and you know, him shots for dad and, or uncle or whoever, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there was one left. And I was like, okay, I'll have one. Yeah. What happened after you picked up one? Yeah, after I picked up one, I, uh, I walked out of the room and, uh, and my phone rang. <laughs> it was an AA member. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. There's a God job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, told them what happened. And, um, yeah, so we did some prayers over the phone together and mm-hmm. um, did got to a couple of Zoom meetings together and, and the obsession was lifted. Yeah. Wow. And was lucky. I mean, the thoughts were going through my head. Oh, I've had that one. Fuck, I've wasted that six months. You know, I might as well go out. And, but then, you know, I was thinking, yeah, well, what was that like? <laughs> you know, yeah, what was it like when I did drink? You know, and I couldn't remember it. So the last time I'd seen my dad was five years prior. Mm. It was his 60th birthday. And I don't know. I don't even remember it. <laughs> and that, uh, and, yeah. and the fact that your your head even was able to think the thoughts—that's again that higher power, mm-hmm. um, and someone reaching out and and you know walking alongside you through this journey. Another AA member. Um. So you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. We've talked yeah. we've talked a bit about um AA being um. You know, we talked about a higher power, so we talk about AA being a spiritual program, not a religious program. What does that look like for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. As you've sort of, <laughs> as you've sort of explained about it, yeah, God moments with, um, you know, with the car crash and things. You know, so I, I believe it was something bigger than me. Mm, mm. 
And that's all it is. Yeah, it's a power greater than me, you know. Not, yeah. Yeah. And Zane, what do you do today to ensure your sobriety? Uh, yeah, well, just, yeah, what happened after you know, I got back, I just got back on track and I got into service. Yeah. So I do service um, wherever I can. Yeah. Um, and I, um, yeah, and help, you're help others. And still got a sponsor that you... Yeah, yeah, I've still got a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Which I probably don't keep in contact as much as I should, but, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. You're doing all the right things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess how would you describe your life today? Today, today yeah. I mean, life today is, yeah, it's good, you know. I do get those moments of mm. peace and quiet, you know, without having a, a drink or a drug, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, life's good. I'm pretty much, well, was out of debt, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but I, I just went and bought a new car the other day and, and I wouldn't be able to do that because that, my credit rating was shot. You that's know. beautiful. I love yeah. it. <laughs> you know, just yeah. things like that. Uh, I've been overseas, you know, yeah. I went overseas the other, uh, last week or I just mm. got back last week. The first time I'd ever been out of the country, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these things, you know. Gifts of sobriety that I would never have imagined, you know. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. And and Zane, what would you recommend that someone could ask themselves if they think they might have a problem? Uh, yeah. Well, can I just have a have a, have a couple of drinks and mm. and and leave it at that? Um, I know I couldn't. As soon as I started drinking, that was it. All bets were off. Didn't know what was going to happen. No. So, um, yeah, if you can control it, you know, I guess, um, yeah. Yeah. And what are some of the things they can do to get some help? Um, yeah, just yeah, reach out for help, you know. It's mm-hmm. not um, – that was really hard for me to do, reach out for help, because, you know, um, I could handle everything, so I thought, <laughs> but, yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just yeah, reach out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phone the 800 number or go and check out a meeting. Yeah. Yeah, there's open meetings around that you can go to and just sit and listen. You don't have to, yeah, share or anything. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Zane, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Mm. Cool. For our listeners, if you've related to anything you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer, as we do in every AA meeting. God, God, grant grant me the the serenity serenity to accept the things things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, 
and wisdom, wisdom to know the, the difference. difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9. Mm-hmm.